Hey, good morning. Welcome in. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Frank Stample. Today is February the 24th. 2020, and it is great to be with you back here on Sports Grid TV, Pluto, Zumo, Stir, however you are watching the show today or listening to us. We're going to dive into a lot of fantasy discussion this morning. Frank is in New Jersey. I am in South Florida. Uh, a fun weekend, I would say, of uh, spring training. Had a chance to go to three different games in three different days. It's uh, it's here, Frank. We got games going on. Good morning. Good to be with you. Happy Monday to you, Craig. Excited to be here talking some catchers today on Fantasy Sports Today. You're right, man. Spring training is up and going. We got a ton of games today. I wish I had the luxury of going out to the ballpark. It actually is a really nice day here in New Jersey. It's going to be like 50, over 50 degrees today. So excited about that, Craig. How was your weekend? How were the games? Uh, yeah, it was good. It's, uh, you know, it's like the first few games. Guys are getting the rust off. A lot of that I saw this weekend. Uh, plenty of miscues in all of the games that I went to, some walks, some past balls, uh, things of that nature. But uh, it's it's just really good to have, you know, players hitting, pitching, and doing things that we can actually quantify. And I always try not to get wrapped up in those first few days of spring training for sure. But I got to tell you, Frank, I think, um, you know, as, as you start drafting in fantasy baseball for this season, I think that there are going to, you know, naturally just be things that we're going to be overreacting to. All the while, I'm doing a slow draft over the weekend, just trying to pick through players. I'm getting notified from the other people in the draft. Hey, you're up. Hey, you know, it's, it's on me while I'm sitting in a room or I'm trying to do an interview or do something else. So, um, you know, it's a lot of fun. And the other uh, part of this is a little bit later on in the show, uh, we'll hear from Alex Bregman of the Houston Astros. And, of course, uh, with everything going on with the Astros, uh, you know, you never know how players are going to react and how uh, people will react. But Alex, as he always have, has done for the last three years, uh, gave me an exclusive interview. We talked a lot of fantasy, a lot of reality as well. So we'll play that back for you in just a little bit. But for now, here's a Sports Grid news update. And Frank and I will be back in just a couple of minutes with the latest in fantasy. Sports Grid news update. I am Alex Fasano with your Sports Grid news update here on FST Fantasy Sports Today. In the NBA, the Los Angeles Lakers edge out the Boston Celtics 114 to 112 for the Lakers. Anthony Davis and LeBron James combined for 61 total points. Unbelievable day for them. Kyle Kuzma added 16 points off the bench for the Boston Celtics. Jason Tatum led the way. 41 points to go with five rebounds, two assists in this game. Tough loss for the Celtics. They are now 16 and 12 on the road. Sticking with the NBA, the Milwaukee Bucks have clinched the earliest playoff berth in at least 15 years, according to Elias Sports Bureau. The NBA postseason is not even set to begin for another 55 days. The Bucks clinched a spot on Sunday despite not even playing. The Washington Wizards fell to the Chicago Bulls, edging the Bucks into the postseason. Milwaukee is currently 48-8 and and on pace to win 70 games, a feat accomplished only by two other teams, the 95-96 Bulls and the 2015-2016 Golden State Warriors. The Greek freak Giannis Antetokounmpo is averaging 30 points, 13.6 rebounds, and 5 assists in 30 points nine minutes per game. And this past weekend, the XFL
NFL had their week three matchups. The scores from this weekend. The Houston Roughnecks take down the Tampa Bay Vipers 34-27. The Dallas Renegades take down the Seattle Dragons 24-12. St. Louis Battlehawks on top of the New York Guardians 29-9. And the LA Wildcats take down the DC Defenders 39-9. I'm Alex Fasano and this has been your Sports Grid News Update. Now back to Craig Mish and Frank Stample. All right. Thanks very much, Alex. Thanks for uh, all of the updates. And, and yeah, it was a busy weekend of sports for sure. I mean, not just baseball, of course, for those of you who are torturing yourself with the XFL, uh, that's going on. And then we had, of course, a big fight on uh, Saturday night. And Frank, I got to say, like, I was all set to go. I had, you know, I had I had the fight ready to watch. And man, I just I, I've been spending so much time at the park and uh, and I'm an old man. And so what happens is I'm outside for like, you know, 7 a.m., 8 a.m., uh, 9, 10, 11, 12, 1, 2, 3, 4. And then I get home and uh, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to watch this fight tonight. I know it's a big fight. I'm ready for it. People are talking about it. And then 10 o'clock comes, 11 o'clock comes, and then, you know, I'm out. So I missed it. Yeah, Dad Life caught up to Craig here over the weekend with uh, in terms of the boxing match. It was a great fight. Uh, I was excited about it. Told you before we came on the air here, Craig, that I had to do the one eye open trying to focus. Uh, I drank a few too many beverages this weekend. Uh, that normally happens if you're texting. I don't know if it's ever happened to you. Uh, but for anyone else out there, uh, you know what, exactly what I'm talking about. If you've ever had to do the one eye text, I had to watch the boxing fight with one eye open. Uh, but from what I saw, what I remember... It was a great fight, uh, so that was awesome to see. Uh, but, yeah, excited about the uh, about the baseball season kicking off here. Craig, I know you got out to a few games as well, so we'll, we'll get into some of that. Uh, I'm a little jealous that you got to honestly see, like, the golden age of boxing. I don't know if you were a big boxing fan growing up or not, but basically I missed out on all the 80s. I was, like, too young for the 90s to appreciate, like, Mike Tyson and all that. So I wish I could have, but uh, it's very clear boxing is not the sport that it once was this week. Weekend, however, was pretty, pretty damn awesome. Yeah, and and uh, just a quick note on boxing here, and then we'll get to the baseball. Um, yes, I've, I've followed boxing all through like the late 80s and into the 90s, used to buy all the main fights and too many to name. And then I was very lucky because about 10 years ago, um, my, my family was involved in some way uh, legally, like doing legal work for uh, Angelo Dundee, former uh, trainer. And uh, uh, we got invited to the Boxing Hall of Fame up in Canastota. So I ended up going to the ceremony that he was involved in and met all of uh, the Boxing Hall of Famers at that time. Um, one of the special moments of things that I've definitely done. And you know, I have this bucket list of things, Frank, that I've been able, we're very fortunate to be able to check off all through the years. That was definitely one of them as well. Um, so spring training is here. Um, I don't know what your takeaways were for the weekend. We had some, you know, home runs, of course, you know, people are going to overreact to that, but that's, that's part of it. I get it. I understand it for Emil Reyes hit a homer. Tony Kemp of the A's had a good game. Harrison Bader off to a good start. Uh, Miguel Andujar also off to a, a good start with the Yankees. I, I think that one of the players that a lot of us are watching too is Joe Adele of the Los Angeles Angels. And look, I mean, he's varying in terms of ADP where he's being drafted. There are some people who feel he's going to be a star this year. There are others that are a little bit hesitant on him. I don't know where you stand on him, but two for three with a stolen base on Sunday. 
Yeah, I think we're all excited about Joe Adele, one of the top prospects in baseball this upcoming season, Craig. And, you know, he has all the tools in the world. There's no doubt about that. I saw a quote from Joe Madden from over the weekend that says he's, quote, not far off. So uh, expected to be up earlier on in the season, you know, maybe once that one of those first deadlines passes, whether it's late April, maybe it's early May when it comes to Joe Adele. But, man, how fun is that going to be in the outfield there with Mike Trout and Joe Adele? Uh, yeah, man, like excited about it. Last year, 289 average with an 834 OPS, 10 homers, 7 steals. Struggled a little bit in his first taste of AAA, uh, but I also read a quote from GM Billy Epler that said uh, he, he struggled the year before uh, with his first taste of AA. So this is you know something that's not new to Joe Adele, and he's expecting him to get off to a fast start again this season. Yeah, and, and so, I mean, in general, I believe – I mean, is he the top rookie in the in the, in ADP being drafted right now? Is there anyone else going ahead of him? No, Luis Robert. Oh, Luis Robert, right. Sure, he's going ahead. Yeah. Well, he'll definitely be in the big leagues to start the season for sure, so that makes some sense. Um, another player that I wanted to mention, he should be on everybody's radar. And again, it's a spring training game, and it's only, you know, we're like 48 to 72 two hours into this. But, Frank, this kid on the uh, Astros that I saw, and and maybe this is why they didn't acquire any starting pitching in the offseason really to replace Garrett Cole. Uh, this, this kid, Christian Javier, man, this guy's got some nasty stuff. Now, look, first game of the spring, everybody's got some nasty stuff. Take a look at the box scores. No one's scoring runs in the first two, I would say, first two games of spring. But I, I, didn't, I was not that aware of this kid. His minor league numbers, was it like 13 strikeouts per nine for this kid in double A AA and triple A? I am going to be taking flyers on Christian Javier late in drafts this year. I was not that well aware of him, and I am now. Just an embarrassment of riches for the Houston Astros. It seems like they always have a ton of prospects, uh, and they're still making trades, and somehow they still have a ton of prospects available. They, they've made a bunch of trades in recent years, and they still have Kyle Tucker. But you mentioned Christian Javier, what he did last year across three different levels. 174 ERA, a 0.97 whip. Wow. 170 strikeouts and 113 and two-thirds innings pitched. So the guy has absolutely filthy strikeout stuff there when it comes to Christian Javier. Uh, definitely a name to pay attention to for the back end of the Astros rotation. And I know that you were at it, out at some Marlins games. I feel like you should probably mention what you saw to Jazz Chisholm, right? Because, uh, I mean, what he did over the weekend, three hits, two RBIs, two stolen bases. I know he was flashing yeah. the leather as well. So is this a name we should be paying attention to for this year, Craig, or do you think he's more of a 2021 guy? Yeah, I don't think it's for this year. I wouldn't rule it out, but, uh, you know, he had some struggles last year with some swing and miss, and, and I think that he's probably destined for Wichita, which is their new AAA affiliate. Um, you know, it, it's it's interesting this year, Frank, because especially in the NFBC with these 50-round drafts, when you start taking these guys in the, you know, rounds 40 through 50, you think, well, listen, if the guy's a September call-up, I'll be great. But this year, they can't expand the rosters beyond 28, so you have to wonder which players will be up and which won't get a shot. Chisholm's interesting. We'll be right back on Fantasy Sports Today. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. 
Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stanford. up must come down three up three down what does three up and three down mean to you airman end of an inning and welcome back fantasy sports today time for a little three up three down here on the show craig and frank here with you on the program time to go with the trending up topics from the weekend some trending down topics from the weekend as well And I'll get started. Here in South Florida, we had some gorgeous weather for uh, baseball this weekend. Uh, Spring training is back, hopefully, at some point. I say this every single year for those of you who have never been, and I know that you're saying it to yourself every year. One of these years, I'm going to go, and I'm going to go to spring training. Well, I mean, what are you waiting for? The weather is great. Now, I will say this weekend in uh, South Florida and all of Florida in general is expected to be the coldest it's been since January. I don't know how that is possible, but that's what it looks like here in the last weekend of February and March, but a great weekend to get baseball started, and that is definitely trending up. I want to start off with that. Um, Also trending up. Now, I don't know what to make of this, Frank. I don't know if this is trending up, it's trending down, but it is definitely trending, and it is probably the biggest story in baseball today. Madison Bumgarner of the Arizona Diamondbacks has been using an alias, according to The Athletic, as Mason Saunders and has been participating in rodeo events. Now, look, I mean, it's the funniest story you could possibly imagine to think that he's actually doing this. But then at the same time, is it so funny, given that Madison Bumgarner had an accident a couple of years ago that kept him out for like almost the entire season? And I'm a Madison Bumgarner owner in the only draft that I did so far. So... Man, I'm hoping that nothing comes of this, but wow, a funny story that we can certainly dive deeper into. And then, of course, as well, uh, it is spring training, so naturally we have the overreaction. And so trending up here on the show, the Detroit Tigers off to a great start, undefeated. Baltimore Orioles also doing well in the spring. Miami Marlins undefeated. All those three teams getting off to good starts in spring training. And you know what? kind of like the NFL preseason in a way. Sometimes you want to give your fan base a little optimism. You try a little bit harder in the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning to get some wins under your belt because you're not really sure how many games you're going to win during the regular season. So enjoy it while you can, Tigers, Oreos, and Marlins fans, because I don't know how long it's going to last, if we're being honest here, Craig. Uh, The Madison Bumgarner thing, very interesting. I would say my first reaction was uh, it is hilarious for sure, but then again, uh, during the break right now, I was actually looking up like what rodeo roping is, so again, I don't even really know. I guess he's trying to like round up horses while he's on a horse, like that's the rodeo aspect of it, but uh, that would not be a good thing if you own him in fantasy. I would be worried about this, Craig. I think he hit it on the head there Uh, with everything he's done off the field with his dirt bikes and his horses and stuff. uh, Look, I get it. You want to have a life off the field? That's fine. Why don't you just wait until you retire, man? You can't risk hurting yourself again here, uh, especially when the Diamondbacks just invested as much money into into Bumgarner as they did. All right, Craig, you mentioned that you were out at the Nationals game. I believe that that means you got to see Austin Voth, who is vying for the Nats. SP5 job, the back end of that rotation. Two shutout innings yesterday with three strikeouts, including one of those against Jordan Alvarez. And he's actually a sleeper amongst the fantasy community. Again, vying for that fifth spot in the rotation for the Washington Nationals. Had a 12.6% swinging strike rate last year, which is well above league average. Uh, Average almost a strikeout per inning. He had a 3.30 ERA and 43 and two-thirds innings pitched. Uh, Austin Voth, especially in some of these early slow drafts, these deeper leagues, someone that I'm looking at right now, if he can win that job for the Washington Nationals. I spoke about this last week, Craig. My next trending up topic. You say Kikuchi yesterday was top 
topping out at 95, 96 miles per hour. And I also saw a few people do some side-by-side -side video clips of his new mechanics versus last year. A lot cleaner mechanics this year. Doesn't have that hesitation like he was using when he first came over uh, from Japan in his rookie season last year. So cleaner mechanics. Didn't necessarily get the results that he was looking for yesterday, but the velo was up for Yusei Kikuchi. Again, this is someone that I'm going to keep my eye on throughout spring training. And the last trending up topic, we spoke about it in the first segment, Craig. All hail the Gypsy King, Tyson Fury, man. Just an awesome story. Everything that he went through, it's, it's honestly super inspirational in my opinion. I mean, the guy was battling, uh, you know, mental health issues, alcohol, drug addiction. He was up over 400 pounds, lost a bunch of weight. He was out of boxing for a couple of years to come back and, and not only you know, compete against one of the best in the world in Deontay Wilder, someone who's younger than him, by the way, as well. You know, the way that he kind of got back up from that knockout in the first fight uh, and then here in the second fight to defeat Wilder the way that he did uh, have his corner throw in the towel there. Uh, I thought that it was really, really just a great fight and a great story all around when it comes to Tyson Fury, Craig. Yeah, it was... Uh... You know, obviously, this is uh, a great story just for boxing. And to have a real heavyweight champion that everybody can recognize, I think, is important. And also, in terms of Kikuchi, uh, you know, look, the results, as you said, Frank, I mean, you made a really good point. I mean, they really don't matter. When it, when any pitcher has an increase in velo, we pay attention to it. Two years ago, if you remember, it was Charlie Morton of the Houston Astros. And that turned out to be a huge deal in fantasy because Morton really turned his career around. Uh, last year, I believe it was Martin Perez who had that increase in velo. And, uh, I mean, some mixed results there. So, look, maybe Kikuchi is one of those guys in that category. It definitely can be an indicator of future success, but it also could be a little bit of fool's gold. So we'll have to see how he does come draft season. All right, uh, trending down for me, we'll get started off with actual performance. And look, with the pitchers ahead of the hitters, you would expect most pitchers in their first spring start to get off to a good start. Not indeed the case for Bryce Wilson, who with Cole Hamels being out, has an opportunity to snag a rotation spot. Fortunately, his first start out, two innings pitched, four hits, two earned runs. I'm not going to make too much of these sort of things, but remember, a lot of guys are fighting for spots on that rotation on every major league team. Wilson will probably have to do better at least his next next time out, I would think, for Atlanta. Uh, also trending down for me, the Detroit Lions willing to trade out of the third pick in the NFL draft, according to some published reports. So what does that mean? It means a lot of things could go on between now and the draft. In a couple of months from now, the Lions clearly at this point, with all those reports about them trading Matthew Stafford, not trading Matthew Stafford, looks like they want to keep him. And there's going to be a lot of teams that are willing to jump over the Dolphins to try and grab two at Tagovailoa. We'll see if that ends up happening or if Miami simply has to trade a first-round pick just to move up one spot, which certainly could be the case. And then finally, my trending down, and, uh, you know, it's kind of a mixed bag here, trending down, trending up. And there really isn't an explanation on this story here, but it's an entertainment story, so I wanted to bring it up. Uh, Kirk Douglas, former actor, of course, who passed away at the age of 103 a few weeks ago. Uh, in his will, ended up leaving nothing to his son, Michael Douglas. Now, let's be clear, the total amount that he had was $61 million in his estate. But is it because, Frank, that his son has $300 million that he left all of his money to charity? Or is there something else to this? Story didn't really get a full explanation on it. But I would ask you, Frank, if you're sitting there and you're Michael Douglas and your father passes away and leaves you nothing... Are you okay with that because of all the money that you have? Or is there still a little bit of bitterness here? I'm hoping there's a, a nice ending to the story. 
Hell no, Craig. I would be pissed if I didn't get any money, but I get it. Like, donate some of it to charity, but if that was my father and he didn't leave me anything, personally, I would be pissed in that scenario, Craig. So we'll have to see uh, what ends up coming out of that. Trending down for me, my first story here is uh, Carlos Martinez. We saw him on the mound yesterday. He walked Tim Tebow, maxed out at just 93 miles per hour. He averaged 95 miles per hour on the fastball last year coming out of the bullpen. We know that typically, you know, when and starters get converted back to the bullpen role. They see an increased velocity. But when he was in his prime, Craig, a couple of years ago as a starting pitcher, Carlos Martinez averaged over 95 miles per hour on the fastball. It's only his first start in the spring. But if I'm going to bring up Yusei Kikuchi's velocity uh, trending up because it actually was up, I'm going to bring back uh, bring. I'm going to talk about Carlos Martinez's uh, velocity being down and the fact that it was only at 93 miles per hour. And again, he walked Tim Tebow, really? Of all people, you're going to walk Tim Tebow? Uh, trending down for me right now is Carlos Martinez. Pay attention to him throughout spring training as well. The Blue Jays games will be blacked out for Canadians on MLB TV this upcoming season. And this is a huge story just for all of baseball and trying to grow the game. This is something that Trevor Bauer has actually ranted about. I don't know if you saw the interview that he did, Craig, where he basically just turned on a camera and went off on Rob Manfred, saying how Rob Manfred has no idea what he's doing in baseball nowadays. And, and this is something that I actually did agree with when it comes to Trevor Bauer. Normally, I would tell Trevor Bauer, hey, dude, focus on pitching. You haven't really been, you know, great the past uh, the past season or so. So, you know, just focus on yourself. Stop worrying about everything else that's going on in baseball. But he's actually right, right about this because I have an MLB TV subscription subscription. I cannot watch Yankees games here in New York. I can't watch Mets games here in New York either. And I know a lot of people have that issue. Uh, I know it's it's an issue all around the country where like if you're just in a certain state where you're surrounded by other teams, you can't watch like four or five different teams. You can't stream those on your MLB TV subscription. And now for all of Canada, if you are a Blue Jays fan, you cannot watch the Blue Jays on MLB TV. You actually have to get their Sportsnet now subscription, which is obviously uh, the streaming service uh, in Canada. So I think that's a huge trending down story for baseball uh, and obviously trying to grow the game and, and to get millennials involved in terms of watching. How else, how else are most people going to watch it? My last trending down topic here, Craig, I love Burger King. We often talk about food for at least one of these topics here, Craig, but I've got to have this as a trending down topic. I love Burger King. I love the French fries at Burger King. In fact, the person who did our news update Alex Fasano, he calls me Frankie French Fry. That's how much I love their French fries. This kid always has French fries from Burger King, and he throws some my way. So shout out to Alex Fasano. I appreciate that. What I do, do not appreciate, however, is that they are selling a sandwich that is just fries on a bun, Craig. I love fries, but really? Just fries on a bun? Ketchup, mayonnaise? On a bun with, with French fries, they're selling this out in New Zealand. Ah, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to make its way to the United States. I, I hope not because uh, this is something I am not interested in. Craig, are you interested in uh, the fries on a bun with ketchup and mayo? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I'm just shocked that you're a big uh, Burger King fry guy over McDonald's. I mean, I, I think that the general consensus is that uh, you know McDonald's fries are sort of the pinnacle. Of, of fries and in addition to that they uh, sell them frozen in the frozen food section in uh, grocery stores but Frank to each his own says the cat guy Frank Stample alright we'll take a quick time out on fantasy sports today when we come back next we dive into our catcher preview in 2020 don't go away 
DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stanford. And welcome back. It's Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Frank here with you on this Monday. Great to be back after a weekend of actual baseball and some boxing and some other things happening in the world of fantasy. And uh, usually on Monday what we do is we kind of review the weekend. And uh, this week we're going to have more of our positional previews in fantasy baseball. If you want to go back and watch us on demand on sportsgrid.com, you can catch all of our position previews at first base, second base, third base, and shortstop. And today on the show, we have a real treat. It's the worst position in fantasy, honestly. Yeah, maybe closers are the worst position in fantasy, but uh, catchers are not far behind closers in terms of this. And Frank, look, when I look at the catcher position, it's just a matter of, at this stage, just trying to find yourself one solid catcher. If you're in a two-catcher league, I'm really sorry, because it's nearly impossible to find anyone that can field two catchers. I mean, look, there are 30 teams in the league. There are not... 25 catchers or 24 catchers that you can play so you're essentially hoping that your second catcher just simply isn't going to hurt you yeah that's absolutely right right craig and we know you know the traditional fantasy baseball five by five roto league is still two catchers to this day and you know so many people are traditionalists and they don't want to change it up uh i get it but at, say, at the same point you know you're right like the production for your second catcher spot unless you reach for that spot earlier in your draft uh more often than not that's that second catcher is going to hurt you more than he is helping you so you know maybe we'll give you a few names today uh at the sleepers later on uh at the catcher position that can help you uh, hopefully uh, you know not hurt yourself in terms of that second catcher. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Look, it's not a great position. We all know that. It's like the tight end uh, of fantasy baseball, basically. And how about this, Craig? In the same day, I'm talking catchers here with you, and I'm doing closers later with Greg Sussman on the fantasy BFF. So the, the two best positions in fantasy baseball, what more can you ask for on a Monday? Yeah, listen, Sussman loves Carlos Marmol for many, many years. Hopefully that'll uh, actually come through for him this year. Actually, I don't know that for sure. I'm just making that up. All right, um, here we go. So here's my top 10 catchers list for 2020. It's not sexy. It's not exciting. But it's real, and here it is. Uh, JT Real Muto, who is just, to me, so far above everybody else. And and all all JT really needs to do is is get himself 15 steals and he puts himself I think uh you know into the second or third round in fantasy like he you know to me he's just so far ahead of everybody else uh look Frank's a Yankees fan he's a fan of Gary Sanchez and he's hoping for a 40 home run season and look that's all nice to talk about and if it does happen there's a chance that Sanchez could move ahead of JT I I don't see that happening but I think that in my tier of catchers in 2020 uh JT is in a tier by himself I think Gary Sanchez is in a tier by himself, and then really there's everybody else. I can poke holes at all of these guys. Uh, Yasmani Grandal can play all over the diamond, can play first base, can play a little DH. Of course, he's a catcher. They have another viable catcher there, too, in, in James McCann, if I'm not mistaken. So 
Uh, we'll have to see what they end up doing with Grandal. His offense speaks for itself. Mitch Garver, 30 home run bat last year. I would expect him to come close to that again this year. The Twins have a potent offense. Uh, I have Will Smith at five. I think Will Smith is the next good catcher in fantasy and in reality, and he's going to help you in batting average. He's also going to help you in on-base percentage. Only issue with him and maybe what could hold him back a little bit, uh, will the Dodgers end up calling up their top-catching prospect, Kybert Ruiz? Everyone thought Ruiz was going to be the guy. It ends up being Will Smith, so we'll see there. I don't think they're going to have both those guys in the organization. Uh, Wilson Contreras at this point, I think we've seen the best of him. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's fine to own and start in a 12 or 15 team league. You could do better. You could do worse. Uh, the guy that I have probably higher than most is Carson Kelly of the Diamondbacks. It, it, you know, he was just not going to play ahead of Yadier Molina. And it wasn't working out for him in St. Louis. And then finally, he went to Arizona. I think he figured it out last year. I think Kelly is in store for a big year. I wouldn't call him a sleeper because I think in some 12 or 15 team leagues, people are starting Carson Kelly. But I am higher on him than most. I have Salvador Perez back into the top 10 after missing all of last year. I'm going to include Yadier Molina in the conversation because, again, even if he only gets you 350 plate appearances, you know he is not going to hurt you in fantasy. And on the back end, I have Jorge Alfaro, who uh, is more of really a head-to-head -head type option because when he's hot, you can put him in the lineup, and when he's not, you should probably bench him. And he also has a chance to steal some bases. I think you could see five or six steals from him. Um, I don't think he's an elite catcher in reality or fantasy, but simply put for fantasy purposes, I think you can almost guarantee yourself 20 home runs from this guy. And you can't say that about the rest of the catchers after Alfaro in uh, in fantasy. So that's what I got, Frank. It's not it's not sexy. It's not exciting. Uh, you know, I'm a real Muto guy, obviously. So I own him in as many leagues as I possibly can. He's never going to hurt you. He's only going to help you. And again, the guy gives you 15 steals in a major league season. That puts him in a completely different category than any other catcher in the big league. So that's kind of what I'm hoping for. And I think there's a chance of that happening this year. Yeah, I'm not really going to dispute your list here, Craig. I think it makes a lot of sense. JT Realmuto and uh, Gary Sanchez are there at the top. And, you know, obviously Realmuto doesn't hurt you anywhere. I think he had like over 90 runs scored last year in that Phillies lineup. The batting average is great. Uh, he actually he was like a near 900 OPS player in the second half last year. So if he can ever do that over the course of a full season, uh, you know, look, the the upside is just massive for Realmuto. And then, you know, obviously if he can, uh, if he can steal double-digit bases, uh, yeah, obviously, to get that from the catcher year, position, Frank. that out I of mean, position, that out of position category is just like how many other people can you say that about at this position? There's, there's really nobody. Like maybe Jorge Alfaro will give you like four or five. Maybe he'll get you a handful. He's actually a really good athlete as well. Uh, but I think it makes a lot of sense. I personally don't draft Real Muto where he's going because you pass up on really good pitchers and other hitters in that range that are frankly just going to give you more at-bats, more plate appearances. When it comes to the catcher position, I really don't invest that early on because, look, it is a position where these guys are going to get beat up. You know, they take foul tips off the mask, you know, off every body part there. Uh, and it seems like they're always kind of dealing with something. So I understand the argument both ways. You want to have an advantage over everyone else, then sure, you can go that route and take the catcher early on. Uh, that's not something that I'm going to do personally. Uh, rounding out my top ten, it's very similar to yours. Ros Yasmani Grandal at three, Mitch Garver uh, at four. I mentioned last week, I think that there is a, there is a, there is a range of outcomes where uh, he comes close to doing what he did last year and potentially even outperform 
outperformed you know, some of the guys that were drafting a couple of rounds ahead of him, like a Real Muto and a Gary Sanchez. Uh, I also have Salvador Perez as my fifth catcher, Wilson Contreras at six, Will Smith at seven, Wilson Ramos at eight, Omar Nervaez at 9, Yadier Molina at 10. So just a few differences that we have. I have uh, Will Smith a little bit lower here, Craig. I worry about the batting average. You know, his expected batting average, according to StatCast last year, was 225. He strikes out a ton. His launch angle is almost too much. His launch angle was 23.7 degrees last year. So the guy clearly goes up there hacking away, trying to hit home runs, trying to put the ball in the air, and I appreciate that, but he almost does it too much. So I think that Will Smith is going to be a liability in terms terms of your batting average. So I have him a little bit lower. It wouldn't uh, surprise me if he hits, you know, 25 uh, 25 plus home runs this year in that lineup. Obviously, the run production would be pretty good with the Dodgers as well. But I also think you can get someone a little bit later on, maybe like a Tom Murphy, who's going to give you a bad batting average, but also going to give you a ton of power there. So that's why I have Will Smith a little bit lower. Uh, And then with Carson Kelly, what I noticed, noticed about Carson Kelly last year was that he mashed against left handed pitching Craig. He had an 11.29 OPS against lefties, a 7.08 OPS against right-handed pitching, and they signed Steven Vogt in the offseason. Last year, I was on Carson Kelly. I drafted him everywhere as my second catcher. I thought he had, you know, sleeper upside. The problem was I ended up dropping him because earlier on in the season, he wasn't playing very much. I worry, Craig, that he could still be in a platoon situation this upcoming season. I understand, you know, they traded away Goldschmidt. He was one of the main pieces they got back from the St. Louis Cardinals in that trade. But it seems like they've been hesitant to make him the everyday catcher. And I think bringing in someone like Steven Vogt is another indictment on that. Obviously, Steven Vogt really good against right-handed pitching. Carson Kelly really good against lefties. So I have him a little bit lower. I have him just outside my top 10 uh, as my uh, as my 12th catcher because I do have some worry about the playing time. Uh, does that creep into your mind at all here when it comes to Carson Kelly, Craig? Yeah, I, I think that when I look at it and, you know, if he gets exactly the same or even a small bump from last year, I think that this is exactly where I want to be with my starting catcher. And think about this, Frank. How many starting catchers in fantasy? I probably should have done the research and asked, answered my own question. How many had an on-base percentage of 35% last year? I mean, Carson Kelly walked 48 times in, 360, in uh, 365 plate appearances. So if you're playing in an OBP league, which a lot of us should be playing in an OBP league, 18 home runs and 35% on base from a catcher is... I mean, to me, it's fantastic. So um, I'm looking for him to build on last year. And even with only an extra 10 or 20 games played, 18, 19, 20 home runs is a back-end starting catcher in fantasy for me this year. And in a two-catcher league, if I could snag him along with one of these top guys, you could really dominate that position. So um, maybe I'm just higher on him. I had a chance to see him come up with St. Louis a little bit. I always thought that there was more there. And It didn't really work out for him there, but I'm glad to see him getting that opportunity now with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Okay, uh, coming up next, what we're going to do is uh, I had a chance to catch up with Astros infielder Alex Bregman over the weekend, talk a little fantasy, a little reality. I know a lot of people are so fascinated with the Astros, but here is why I am fascinated is because in the world that we live in doing a two-hour show every day talking about fantasy, where should we be taking the Astros in fantasy this year? I asked Alex Bregman that question, asked him about him, asked him about everything else, did not spend 15 minutes on a cheating scandal. Everyone else can do that. For our world, we got to figure this out. We got to help you win in fantasy. So is anyone out there in the world asking Alex Bregman what to expect in fantasy baseball this season? 
guess there is one person. That is me. We'll have that interview next right here on Sports Grid on Fantasy Sports Today. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stanford. Welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Frank Stample here on Sports Grid, also on Zumo TV as well as Stir, and of course on Pluto Television. And those of you who are interested in the 2020 fantasy baseball season, you have come to the right place because throughout spring training, we try to get you inside the clubhouse and provide you with as much information as possible to help you make the final decisions on your fantasy baseball squad. And one of those decisions that I had to make a couple of weeks ago was uh, in Tout Wars. I'm participating in a draft and hold league. For those of you who are unfamiliar with that, that means basically you draft your team at the beginning of the season, and that's it. You can't make any moves, no trades, no ads, no drops, nothing like that. Makes it easy, but also a little bit challenging because that first pick and second pick in the draft, you better make sure is a good one. And I had the 13th overall pick. When it came to me, Alex Bregman was still on the board. And I think that going into the draft season prior to to the cheating scandal with the Astros, most people would have thought not only is he a good 13th pick, but probably even a top 10 pick in fantasy. But he is slipping, as well as the other offensive players on the Astros. They are slipping, too. So each year, uh, fortunate enough to be able to talk to Alex and ask him his opinion on not only himself, but the entire team and some potential players and breakout stars that we should be drafting in fantasy baseball in 2020. And here he is. All right, Frank, we'll get back to that in just a second. So, uh, you know, where are you? uh, I guess we could start off with by saying, where are you on the uh, discussion with Bregman uh, going into the season? Yeah, so when it comes to Alex Bregman, you know, I have him ranked as my third third baseman off the board just because I like to put an emphasis on stolen bases, but I didn't have a problem with you taking him in Tout Wars where you did because Tout Wars is an OBP format, and last year, I mean, he has an OBP over 400, uh, and especially if you play in a any type of OBP league or head-to-head points league where you get penalized for strikeouts uh, and plate discipline matters more in those formats, I don't have a problem with Alex Bregman going higher than his ADP. I mean, he was the only qualified player with more walks than strikeouts last year in Major League Baseball. Uh, And, you know, I think something that, you know, he spoke about, and if we get the interview up and running, uh, is him getting off to quicker starts. You know, he obviously had a monster second half last year. Uh, Post-All-Star break, 338 batting average with an 1134 OPS. I mean, if he can get off to a faster start, Craig, we might be looking at someone that can legitimately hit over 300 for the entire season with 40 to 45 home runs and great counting stats in a, you know, awesome lineup in in a good ballpark, a ballpark that is tailored to his swing, by the way. Craig, you look at his batted ball data, he's been 
lifting the ball more, hitting fly balls, and pulling the ball more. And they have that short porch in left field in Houston, and it really, really plays perfectly into Alex Bregman's swing. I think him and Nolan Arenado are, are right up there in terms of you know top three catchers this upcoming season. The only reason why I have Arenado still ranked higher, Craig, is because you're basically drafting Bregman to do what Nolan Arenado does every single year, unless, of course, you think Nolan Arenado is going to be traded or you think Alex Bregman takes that next step, which is still possible because he's in his mid-20s. So personally, I have Jose Ramirez, Nolan Arenado, and Alex Bregman. I don't mind where Bregman is going, and I think in OBP formats and head-to-head points leagues, he, he should go higher than his ADP as well, Craig. All right, so uh, as we discussed, I had a chance to catch up with uh, Alex Bregman over the weekend at the 15 ballpark in the Palm Beaches discussing uh, both fantasy and the reality side of the Astros this year. First round, my first draft, 13 pick came up, and I had no doubt, and I made you the first round pick. I mean, look, I got to say, there are some other people in the draft who wouldn't do it, but I did it, and I took the plunge. Awesome. Um, another season of taking you in the first round. So <laughs> what, what can I expect this year? Oh, it's going to be a fun year. Um, going to try and improve. Um, in every facet of the game, I'm excited. It's going to be a it's going to be a good year, and uh, go out there and try and help the team win games. I mean, how, I mean, how much better can the numbers be though from from last year? I mean, doubles, home runs, and the other thing, position eligibility. I know because of Carlos being hurt, qualifying at at shortstop. I mean, that's a big deal too. I get to, I get to play there too. <laughs> well, um, I think I think there's a lot of room to improve because the first half of my season last year wasn't the way I wanted it to go. I started off slowly and. Um, Hopefully can can improve on that and get off to a good start. I've heard you mention that in a few interviews because that was the big mistake that I made two years ago was trading you. I think I mentioned that to you, a really bad trade that I made. <laughs> I got somebody back in return who didn't perform. So what is it about like the first couple months of the season that you just honestly struggle with? What is it about that? Yeah, I think uh, every year I've kind of got off to a slow start. And the biggest thing this offseason that I worked on was getting to like that, that mobility that I have in the middle of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I came in big. I always tried to work out heavy and hard in the offseason, but I, I, I didn't really focus on my mobility as much and flexibility and stability. And um, I think that was a big emphasis for me this year, um, along with the posterior chain of my body, trying to stay healthy. Um, and, yeah, hopefully that'll help. A good first few months. I won't make that mistake, same mistake that I made a couple of years ago. You're always good at giving me, like, a sleeper or two on the team. I talked to Miles a little bit. You know, steals is, like, such a big deal. And I don't know. It's like steals are going away. No one's stealing bases anymore. I'll, I'll steal a bunch of bases. He's super fast. Um, I, uh, I'll bet you Altuve steals a lot of bases this year. How many, you think? Give me, uh, give me 25. Go 30. 30? Yeah, he'll, he'll get 30. Um... I'm trying to think who else. Um, I think Tucker's going to have a good year too, man. I've been waiting for that now for for a couple of years. See, the issue with him is that in in our world, you take him, he's got to play play every day. Mm -hmm. Like that's the part. Pitching pitching wise, uh, yeah. Who do you got for the back end of the rotation? Can you give us a little insight? Um, Probably uh, Jose or Kitty, and um, I don't know about the other spot yet. but I'd say our kitty uh, had an unbelievable World Series last year. He's gonna, he's gonna do, he's gonna do really well. I faced him the other day. He looks really sharp already. Um, I think Osuna is gonna be a, the best closer in the game this year. Really? Yeah. See, but you guys score a lot of runs, 
and because you do that, you win by a lot of runs. You don't get as many save that's opportunities. True. This that's is true. part of it. You know, I'm, th I'm already You're thinking. Hey, thinking that, that, that's why I'm good at this. I'm thinking outside the box. Um, okay, so we've gone through that. We've gone through the um, the sleepers. So as far as like you know, just players who play like every single day. One of the other issues always is is like kind of health. So um, Correa is somebody that a couple of years ago I picked to win the MVP, and it was just a matter of not staying healthy. Is that is that like a skill to stay healthy? I mean, you seem to have no problem with it, but it's like freakish um, sort of things seem to happen. I don't know. It's uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but I, I do think that Correa is going to be uh, healthy this year, all year long. I think he's going to have a monster year, um, and I'm excited to see him see him play a, a full season and do really well. Okay. And then my last thing for you, obligatory. Should we have any hesitation about drafting Astros in fantasy baseball this year? I mean, it's it in these drafts that I'm doing. I mean, honestly, I mean, a lot of you guys are slipping. I'm just snatching you guys wherever I can. We'll be ready. To, we'll be ready to play good this year. We'll be ready. All right, Frank, so, uh, you know, it, it kind of lends us the question here at this point, um, you know, which way we would go with taking Houston Astros. And certainly um, the one thing that I want to say is, you know, you know, in terms of everything that's happening and going on, I totally get it. And believe me, understood the lives that were affected and everything that went on with this entire cheating scandal. Um, you didn't get to see the video, but these guys are wearing it big time. Um, they are well aware as to the perception and everything that is going on, and and rightly so. And they're going to be punished for that. Uh, what we're focused in on here is what to do with these players and how to really handle taking them. And you know, certainly you take everything with a grain of salt that a player says. I've been doing these for a long time. Osuna being the top closer, Altuve stealing 30 bases. But I think that we have to really get an overall grip as to how we should be handling these players in our drafts, because I think that what happens a lot, and then off camera, I talked to Alex about this too, is that, you know, we tend to be prisoners of the moment with everything that happens in sports and in life, and for good reason. That's what we want. We want the social media reaction. We want reaction right now, right here, when we want it. And, you know, I just wonder if we're making a mistake, not from the reality point of view, but I think that we're all handling this right, the reality point of view, there, there's a huge issue with doing what they did. They were wrong. But from a fantasy perspective, and if we're you know throwing that out, and we played fantasy in the steroid era too, where guys were not playing game the right way, are we downgrading all of these guys too much? Like this still is a team that did win a lot of games in the regular season and the postseason. And Frank, I, I mean, are we downgrading Springer and Bregman and, and some of the other players, Altuve, the guys who have been there for the last couple of years? I think we may. I think we might as well, and I think everybody is going to handle this differently, Craig, in their own way. I've heard people say, you know, there's going to be a mental aspect to this where, you know, all season long the Astros players are going to hear things from reporters and they're going to hear things from fans and people are going to get on their case. And, you know, look, this is where people are going to separate themselves, where some of these Houston Astros players are going to separate themselves as mentally strong. And for those that might not be able to handle it, it might affect them at the plate. It might affect them on the mound as well. So everybody is different. I think people are handling uh, – the situation differently from a fantasy perspective. For me, you know, I've mentioned this multiple times already. I already had reasons to doubt players when it comes to the Houston Astros. I think the only one that I maybe perhaps don't doubt uh, is Justin Verlander and Alex Bregman, who are borderline first-round picks. But Altuve, the speed has been trending down. You heard Bregman say he thinks Altuve could steal 30 bases this year. 
it might be possible. We know th uh, stolen bases are something uh, that you do out of intent, right? It's not really a skill type thing. It's if you're fast enough and you have the intent and you want to steal bases, then you're going to make it happen. But for all of the Astros, we've seen their stolen bases trending down recently, specifically Jose Altuve, who's dealt with knee and hamstring injuries. So that's a reason why I am fading Altuve this year. Carlos Correa has dealt with back and oblique and core injuries the past couple of seasons. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. Yuli Gurriel completely reworked his swing last year, started hitting the ball in the air more. Is that going to carry over? Jordan Alvarez, I love the kid, but he's going in the third round. You get Nelson Cruz three or four rounds later. So for me, I can almost find an excuse for every player on the Houston Astros outside of someone like Justin Verlander and Alex Bregman, Craig. Yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting dynamic what we're dealing with this year in fantasy for sure. All right, uh, that'll wrap up the first hour of the show. We'll be right back. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.